Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. I have a word for us this morning. If you would open up your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. We have been on a series about the Holy Spirit. How many of you enjoyed this series so far? That was weak. I, I need to sharpen my skills. How many of you enjoyed the Holy Spirit series this far? Yeah. Today we're going on a very interesting topic, going right along with our scriptures. You can tell I've just kind of been going through this passage, breaking it down uh, week by week, kind of verse by verse. Uh, our first week we were talking about the upper room and how important it is for us to be in upper room experiences, for us to have those moments um, where we feel like we are, uh, where we are ascending to his, into his presence. And so many times the people that we allow in the room of, with us, that we invite into life with us, they define those areas for us. But God is calling us higher. And so many times when we stay in the lower rooms of life, it's hard for us to see out. It's hard for us to see things as God sees those. But if you remember, I had the ladder up on stage that week, and I, on top of the ladder, whenever I looked out, I could see a new perspective. I could see things from a kingdom perspective. And God is calling us to dwell in upper rooms. And also last week, we started talking about unity. Unity is purpose-driven, not per, uh, person-driven. And the fully come moments, they said that Pentecost, uh, the day of Pentecost had fully come when they were in one mind and one accord. And whenever we get together in unity, fully come moments can happen for our church. Amen? Amen? Fully come moments can happen for the church whenever we get together as like-minded body and believers and we get together in one mind and one accord. That's when those fully come moments really happen for the church. So today I'm going right back to the text uh, where we start in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 4 and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, O oh God, for this day you have given us once again to be in your presence. God, I thank you, Lord, for, your, for gracing us with your presence once again during our worship. And I'm believing that this word today is going to fall in someone's uh, heart and on their soul today, God. And it's going to fall in fertile, uh, fertile soil this morning, God. And it's going to take root in someone's life this morning, God. I'm believing it today. So right now, God, in, uh, let our minds be open to the word let our hearts and our ears be open to this word God let us remove all distractions that may be coming into our life at this moment and let this word take root in our life in your name we pray everyone said amen, amen. 
Amen and amen. In Acts chapter 2, here we are again. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were in the upper room. They were in one mind and one accord. And then suddenly, it says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came and filled the place. And then all all of a sudden, it seemed like cloven tongues of fire began to rest on each one of those people. And they began to speak in tongues, it says, as the Spirit enabled them. If I were to ask you today and don't raise your hand but if I were to ask you to raise your hand when was the last time that you heard a message about speaking in tongues most people probably could not remember the date some of you probably would not even know if you've ever heard a message spoken on speaking in tongues and breaking it down for you and that's what I'm going to attempt to do today I know last week whenever I left here I was about I was going in a different direction I was going to uh, uh, preach a different sermon but God really spoke to me and said, our, our, the, the people of the church today need to hear this word. They need to be taught what it means. They need to be taught the importance of it before we go any further. So that, that, that is what I'm going to do today. So, so many people have never even heard a message about it. They maybe have seen it on, uh, on TV. They have this, Some people look at it as, as, as very mysterious. Some people look at it as, as a little freakish and all of those things. But I'm going to break it down for us today and what it means for us for you as a church today. And I find it so amazing that we, I'm going to, I'm going to, can I talk to Christians today? I'm talking to Christians today. That we Christians, we will spend millions of dollars on scary movies we will that, that, that depict objects flying across the room, uh, this crazy activity of chair sliding and doors uh, and door slamming. Christians will spend millions of dollars this year on movies and things like that. We will tune into TLC and watch Long Island Medium, and we will see if she's connecting with spirits that have crossed over or they're between here and there, and she's connecting with these spirits. Christians do these things, and then we go to read horoscopes and we want to know what our sign is this week and what our week is going to entail. We know all of these things and we want somebody to read our palms and all of these things. Christians are doing these things, but yet so many Christians find it too mystical about speaking in tongues. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? But this is a biblical principle, and I'm going to break it down for us today. The church has become an organization that is walking on eggshells. I need some amens this morning. I said the church has become an organization that is walking on eggshells. We have fallen into the politically correct circle. We have fallen into the circle that thinks the 11th commandment should be thou shalt accept everyone for everything and nothing ever has to change. We have fallen into that circle. We have forsaken and become scared to say that we are full and filled with the Holy Spirit. The church has become an organization where God sent his spirit to separate us from everyone else. We've become an organization that now is so scared to say that we are full of the spirit because we don't know what backlash that's going to be. We don't want, we, 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 we don't, we don't want to talk about it in our church because we want people to feel comfortable. So we've become that organization. It's like we are walking on eggshells. And just as there have been different generations, look around this, this building today, you will see different 
generations that, that, have, that have made up the history of America. And they all have different uh, characteristics, like the baby boomers. Uh, they were the World War II ends, and all of a sudden there is a baby boom. It is the, they're called the rock and roll generation. They ushered in free love and free speech. And then there was Generation X, my generation. They gave us, they gave us X because they had no idea what we were going to be like. All of a sudden, we were the generation that we were going to be in the year 2000. And remember what happened in the year 2000? Nothing. They thought the world was going to fall apart. Computer systems were going to crash. Everybody was rocking in the New Year's with Dick Clark that night because they wanted to see if Times Square was going to crash. Everybody's eyes were all of a sudden, we don't know what's going to happen with these crazy people, so let's just call them X. And all of a sudden, in my generation, drugs became issue, the top issue in school. It, and all of a sudden, my generation, the generation Xers, we were raised in the written generation and all of a sudden had to adjust very quickly to the digital world. And then there were these millennials come up. Everybody's heard about millennials. They've been all over the news. It's like, what are we going to do with these millennials now? We thought the X was bad. Now they're saying millennials. What do we do with these people? And all of a sudden, this became the 9-11 generation. Their world changed as soon as those planes hit that building. Everything changed in that generation. And all of a sudden, this generation, the millennials, Millennials, they were raised with omnipresent parents, those helicopter parents. They are everywhere. This also became the trophy generation. In that generation, everybody got a, tro a trophy because everybody was a winner. No one was a loser. And now, this generation now that is being born even today is Generation Z. Are these going to be the last generation? Who knows? They have never been without a computer. They do not know life without a cell phone. And 60... Uh, a large group of these people, they are being educated by online and 61% of this generation, which is a bunch of kids, has TVs in their room. Hmm. So just as these generations have, have, have changed the facade of America, good and bad, and we've brought both negative and positive in every generation throughout here, guess what? There have been generations and shifts inside of the church. There have been generations inside of the church, and I'm not talking about age groups. I'm talking more about movements, because after the Jesus movement stirred up, new worship and things in the church, which was great, all of of a sudden there comes a movement called the seeker movement there is nothing wrong with this seeker movement they're both positive and negatives just like there is an any movement but during this movement all of a sudden certain topics were not able to be preached or discussed one of those topics just happened to be the Holy Spirit one of those topics that they seemed just to kind of push off the plate was the was the was the topic of, of speaking in tongues and what does that mean because all of a sudden they said we are about the seekers and we want everybody to feel comfortable we want everybody to come in we're going to talk on such a level that makes the gospel so basic that anybody can walk in here and receive it and that is great but at some point in a believer's life you have got to start climbing that ladder so to speak as we talked about a couple of weeks ago amen so all of a sudden there is a generation in the church today both young and old I'm not talking about an age group I'm talking about a generation of believers that all of a sudden here they are and guess what happens 
All of a sudden, they are there, and all of a sudden, there comes a generation of people who just know basic knowledge, and they have not been taught about the Spirit. They've not been taught about the gifts of the Spirit. They've never heard about tongues. Why? Because they were so afraid they were going to scare somebody off when a gift from God has been given to the church. And then all of a sudden, while all of these things are going on, and this topic of the Holy Spirit is being moved off the plate of the church, while the Holy Spirit has come to empower us, and speaking in tongues, as I will talk about in a moment, has come to reveal revelation to us, all of a sudden we have a generation in the church that is no longer empowered, but they have all the information they could ever want, because they can Google anything, They can all they have to do is speak the name of not Jesus, but Siri, all they've got to do is speak the name and all of a sudden they can get any answer they want by simply doing no research at all. They can stream the best pastors and the best preachers in the entire world in just moments. So now we have generations in the church that are full of information but have no revelation. Mm. They have tons of information but no revelation. I would say a large percentage of the people in this room, you have the Bible on your phone. You don't, who needs to remember, who needs memory verses anymore? Who needs to remember the uh, Bible verses anymore? Who needs the word hidden in your heart when it's hidden in your cell phone anymore? We have tons of information, but we have no revelation. We have no revelation. But here we are, now the world is looking for something they don't even realize what they're looking for. But now the world is looking for something that they cannot download. They are looking for something that cannot be bought. They're looking for something that they cannot find on the internet. There is a reason why churches with, with spirit-filled, charismatic worship are the fastest-growing churches. Some growth experts would say they are the only growing churches in America and across cities all across this America and the nation and this world. They are the only growing churches. Why? Because people are looking for something that many people don't even know what it is. Many people are looking for an experience. They are hungry for an encounter and they are in need of the Spirit. All of a sudden, now we are sitting around twirling our thumbs as we look at the statistic that about 55%, I believe it's 55%, of kids that graduate in the church will leave the church. Wow. And we're sitting here wondering why. The church is sitting here saying, what did we do wrong? All of a sudden, we are sitting here wondering why all these people are leaving the church. Could it be, I have the answer for you, could it be that they are full of information but have not had encounters to keep them believing the information that they have received? They have not encountered the Spirit. They have not encountered the Lord. They have been given all this information, but they have not had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. This generation, we, we're all in this generation. This generation of the church needs the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. 
Spirit. There are pastors who will not preach about it because they say it is not relevant. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is the most relevant topic we could be praying for in America right now. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit on you, it is so easy to be blindsided by media, blindsided by politics. It is the most relevant topic that we could be preaching today is the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let's get to scripture, shall we? Scripture says, some verses or some translations say that there are mysteries of God. And one of these mysteries just happens to be the mystery of speaking in tongues. Now, my youngest child, she's four now, but whenever she was even smaller, uh, she would come up to me and she would say she wanted to whisper in my ear. She said she had a secret. She loved telling me secrets. And whenever I would get down on her level or I would bend down, she loved getting real close to me and she would just go... And it was so loud in my ear that it would tickle and I would just laugh and act like I knew what she was saying. See, how many times have we missed what God is trying to tell us because we would not take a moment to bow down humble ourselves and listen to what he was trying to say to us how many times have we missed revelations from God because it, it just wasn't understandable at the moment but how much have we missed from God just by just taking a moment and sitting down and listening to what he was trying to say as I said before there are some translations that call the secrets of God mysteries and when you see the word mystery in the New Testament it is actually from the Greek word mysterion m-u-s-t-e-r-i-o-n mysterion so many theologians today if you study this word and study these scriptures they are very upset with the translation of mysterion the actual word because it has been translated into the word mystery but mysterion although they sound alike they do not have the same meaning as mystery and mysterion see mysterion broke down into the original text it really means not a mystery a sacred secret it means something kept by God outside of the range of understanding unless assisted by supernatural intervention hmm so now all of a sudden we have these these all of these theologians, they are upset because they are saying, why would somebody want to read the word and say what should be called a secret of God is now a mystery of God? Mysteries are not, they, 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 you, can't, you cannot break a mystery. A mystery is a mystery because nobody really knows what it is. And so many times whenever you hear the word mystery, who do you see? You see that creepy guy on Unsolved Mysteries with that creepy voice, with that creepy trench coat on, walking down the dark alley. Do you want to know why they could not solve those mysteries? Because that freak is the one who killed everyone. He, that's why they don't know who killed them. That creepy guy. There he is. So, so many times, so many Christians and non-Christians, when they hear the word mystery, you see that guy, unsolved mysteries. 
And then you want to go close all your blinds. You cannot sleep that night. You want to look under your bed because that guy was such a creep. And then all of a sudden, they use this word mystery to break it down. But mystery, the mysterion does not mean mystery. It means a sacred secret. In other words, God has secrets that he is willing to share. Secrets are, are, are things, are, are, are information that one day will be revealed. Secrets that he is willing to share with those who have bent down to hear him and that have tapped into the Holy Spirit in order to receive the revelation from heaven that their flesh could not understand. He said, I have secrets for you. I have something that I can reveal to you. Proverbs 3.32, write it down. It says, the Lord's secret is with who? With the righteous. Hmm. Amos 3 7 listen to the consistency here it says surely the Lord will do nothing but he reveals his secrets unto his servants hmm and all of a sudden we get to the New Testament there are still secrets being revealed in Matthew he is revealing revelation to those he is closest with and in Matthew 13 you don't have to turn there but make note of it in your notes Matthew 13 here Jesus is he leaves in the house he gets on he gets on a boat next to the sea and he and he goes out into the water he turns the boat around and he is looking up a hill which is now like an amphitheater for Jesus and he is speaking to the multitudes in a parable he is speaking the parable of the sower the soil and the seed and he gets as he finishes his parable he gets off the boat and goes back with his who with his disciples and in Matthew 13 10 the disciples want to know why do you teach the multitudes in parables and he gives the answer to them in Matthew 13 11. he says for you I will give you the ability to know the secrets of the kingdom but not to them. He says, I'm not releasing the secrets of the kingdom to everyone. He says, I will release my salvation to everyone. I will release the gift of salvation to everyone. He says, but there are some secrets that only are revealed by people who are seeking me. There are some secrets that only people will know that are full of the Spirit. There are only some secrets that will be known by people who are with me really close. He says, not unto them. He says, look, they can see, but they're not seeing it. They can hear, but they're not hearing me mean there are so many people in the church today that want to get close enough to God to hear him talk but they don't want to get close enough to listen and obey they are some people who love him but they are simply too busy to hear him and this passage of scripture he says look I will reveal my secrets to some people those who are close to me, those who are seeking me, I will reveal my secrets. This parable is in three of the four Gospels, I do believe. And Jesus is still revealing secrets to his followers. Notice that God is not releasing his secrets to the masses. He was not releasing his secrets to the multitude. He said, my salvation is for everyone. My lessons are for everyone. But there are some things that are unlocked only by those people who get really, really, close to me he says I'm not releasing my secrets to everyone but I'm releasing those who are seeking my face 
Because Jesus, he came for the world. He fed the 5,000. He sent the 70. He called the 12. He brought the three up to the mountain. But at the end of the day, there was only one that got close enough to him to lay his head upon the chest of our God. I am so glad to be a part of the world that he's come for. I am so glad to be a part of the 5,000 that he has fed. I am so glad to be part of the 70 that he is sending. I'm so glad that I have ascended to the hilltop with him but praise God I have been into the holy of holies I have been past the veil praise God for those people who get so close to him they can hear his voice what a gift from God but how do I get there what do I do one of the revelations it says that comes through the, uh, the, the one of the ways it says revelations is released in the scripture is through the Holy Spirit and specifically the speaking in tongues no I want you to get this no one will come up to you in this church and make you speak in tongues let's just settle this right now if it happens I will stop it as a pastor okay so do not be freaked out by this message. Everyone, you, you, you do not have to get it. You do, not be, you do not be speaking in tongues to get into heaven. It is, that is not a prerequisite. The scripture says all you got to do is believe. You must be saved there. But why would we want to stop at such a moment when there is so much more for us? Nobody is going to come in and tickle your tongue with a feather. Nobody's going to make you repeat these words. Nothing like that is going to happen. And it's funny, but so many people are turned off because they have seen these things happen. I grew up in a church where I saw some crazy things happen. Okay? But now as I grow older, I know the word and I can tell the difference between those things. And that is why it is so important that we learn what this really is. And I understand that so many people have seen this gift of tongues and the Holy Spirit be abused. But guess what also has been abused? Grace and mercy have been abused, but we have no problem believing in that. That's what I thought. Yes, that has been abused. But grace and mercy in the church have also been abused. And we have no problem believing in grace and mercy. So we will not allow those things to hinder us from moving forward with God. And I want you to understand, there are different types of tongues throughout Scripture. Today I'm going to be talking about two of those. One of those is a diver's tongue, D-I-V-E-R-S, diver's tongue, and the other is the unknown tongue. It is so important to know the difference between these two because they both have different relations and different, uh, the different way that they release things to the body and to ourself. First is the diver's, the second is the unknown tongue that we're talking about today. The diver's tongue is what you see in Acts chapter 2. It says that they were in the upper room, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to move. It sounded like a mighty rushing wind. There were cloven tongues of fire on them, and they began to speak in these tongues. It says, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. There were people, the crazy thing about this is, there were people of other lands out in the street, but they heard people in the upper room using their language that was not even their native language. So all of a sudden, someone was speaking a language that they did not know in the upper room, and the people in the streets heard that language in their 
own dialect, but it was not native or known to the person that was speaking it. That is a diverse tongue. This moment was so special because of that. And all of a sudden, it was God's way of saying that he was real. The speakers did not know what they were saying, but the Holy Spirit used those vessels that were seeking him to be close to him. And all of a sudden, God used those people in such a mighty way to speak to the multitudes in their native language. And the language that was heard up there, guess what? It went into the streets and it says that thousands were added to the church. The church was born because there was people who was willing to go beyond the basic. They were willing to go further. They were in an upper room. They were going further with the gifts. They wanted more. And as they were seeking him, seeking his presence, seeking his will, the presence of God entered them and spoke through them to reach somebody else to send a revelation. What they were doing is they were unlocking secrets to these people. That is one way we can unlock the secrets of God. Now, let me give you an example. You say, have you ever seen anything like this before? Yes, I have. There was one really big situation that was just, I wish everyone could have been there. And we, I was at a Christians United for Israel service. There were a lot of Jewish people in there. There were uh, Christians in this room. And we were worshiping. And it was, it's an organization. You can look it up. It's is probably the biggest organization in America of Christians that are supporting Israel. And I was in this meeting. There were hundreds of people in this room, and there is worship going on, and all of a sudden, there is a lady who speaks out in tongues. Now, this lady, she wasn't just any lady. This was one of the most country people that I know. I'm not kidding. She's middle-aged, and she is country bumpkin. I guarantee you the ringer on her phone is hee-haw. I mean, she is so, so country. And she is releasing this dialect that has a little country twang to it, y'all. And here she is. She is releasing these things and everybody goes silent. And then I am standing uh, on the front row and I am looking at this person. And there is, and there is, a, there is a person that is standing on the stage and they speak Arabic language. And here they are. He looks over at the leader of this country bumpkin middle-aged woman who loves hee-haw and she is speaking out and he looks at this person and says she is speaking perfect Arabic language. He said, I can tell you everything she is saying. He said, every noun, every subject, every verb is there in the same tense. It's the perfect agreement. He said, it is the perfect, uh, it is the perfect language. He said, I can hear everything. He says, does she know my language? He was not a Christian. If that don't make you fall on your face, I don't know what will. And all of a sudden, the, the, and I was like, she don't know it. Have you, have you heard her talk? She does not. She don't know where Pakistan is. She don't know where Israel is. No. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it released a secret to him through an obedient servant that the Spirit was speaking through her. It was a diver's tongue. It was, for, it was for people to hear and someone to interpret. And all of a sudden, he is telling this person exactly what, what, what is being said. And then another person out in the audience, they, 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 they send out the, the interpretation of the tongue. And it was the same words that he was telling the leader 
on stage. It was God working. And before you know it, this Jewish person who was not a Christian knelt at the altar and declared Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That is the importance. It unlocked a secret in him. It unlocked something in his life. And now because of that of obedient person, now this Jewish person who was not a believer, he's still waiting for the Messiah. Now he knows the Messiah has come and now he is of the faith. Isn't that amazing? That is the power of tongues. That is the power of divers tongues. And then it says there is the unknown tongue. This is what you hear a lot of during worship when people are praying. The unknown tongue. This is a tongue that is not meant to be understood by another human being. I was in a meeting this week here at this church. I did not know how it was going to go. This person is from out of town. Nobody knows this person. They're in a crisis. Their life. Point of could be suicidal. Their life has been just flipped. I'm not a counselor. I'm a pastor. And as I was walking into this meeting, under my breath, I just began to speak in tongues. It was not for anyone else to hear. It was not for anyone else to break down or to interpret. It was an unknown tongue. It was just between me and the Lord. So sometimes whenever someone, you may be speaking that language and someone looks at you like, what are you saying? Look, it's none of your business what I'm saying. Who cares what I'm saying? It's between me and the Lord. Because guess what? When speaking in the unknown tongues, you are not speaking through God for others, but you are talking to God for yourself. Amen. That's what it is. There, this, is where, this is where you hear a lot of people talk about their prayer language. This is what they're doing. It is, it, is, it is a supernatural language between you and the Lord. But why, why is it? Why can't you just pray? Because God has given his people this intimate gift and the ability to communicate in such an intimate way that is untappable by, untappable by anyone or any enemy around you. The enemy loves to listen to you talk. But the enemy cannot break it down. It is an unknown tongue. I'm closing with this. These are four functions of praying in the tongues. This is four functions of what it does for us whenever we begin to pray in tongues. Number one, tongues can be edifying. Tongues can be edifying. Jude 1.20, just write it down. It says, build yourself up. In your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. Whenever you pray in the Spirit, guess what happens? You begin to edify yourself. You are building yourself up. Some people say, well, praying in the Spirit, that means just praying enthusiastically. That means praying like Pastor Chase preaches. And that means, that means every once in a while raising your voice or raising here. No, 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 no. That's not what it means. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Paul says to pray in the Spirit and to pray with understanding. He says there's two different types of prayers here. There's one you're praying with your language, then there's one you're praying in the Spirit. It says, for you, whenever you are praying in the spirit you are edifying yourself you are building yourself up do you want to know why there are so many people in the kingdom today let's talk about the church again do you want to know 
While there are so many people in the church that has to be held up, that is relying on their pastor this morning to uphold them with a word, that they are relying on YouTube for a word, it is because they have not found the secret to creating a goodness for themselves. They have not cre- They have not found the secret that can be unlocked when you pray in the Spirit. They have not found the secret to edifying themselves, which is praying in tongues. And I'm not talking about just having bad days. You've If you pray in tongues, you're not going to have a bad day. But I am saying whenever you're praying in tongues, you know what to do with that bad day. It edifies you. So the first thing is tongues can be edifying. The second thing is tongues can be glorifying. Someone say glorifying. 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 Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I will sing in the spirit and I will sing with understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I will sing with understanding. He says there's two different types of worship. You can do it in the spirit or you can do it in your natural language. What does singing do? What does worship do? It glorifies. It glorifies. So not only is tongues edifying, it is also glorifying. What else is it? It is clarifying. It is clarifying. Romans 8.26 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself begins to intercede for us with groans that words cannot express. When you are praying in the Spirit, the Spirit is praying through you. When you have no idea what to pray for, if you've been alive longer than a year, you've been in a situation where you had no idea how to pray. You didn't know what to pray for. You didn't know whether you wanted to pray for God to move it or for for God to keep it in your life. You didn't know where you need to pray for God to end it or for God to start it. If you're a human being, you've been in a situation where you did not know how to pray. But it says as you pray in the Spirit, guess what happens? The Spirit begins to intercede for you. He is interceding through you with groans. And all of a sudden, His thoughts are above our thoughts. So when you begin to pray in the Spirit, He will bring His thoughts to your level. It clarifies. It clarifies things for you. And the last thing I want to talk about, not only does it edify, not only does it glorify, not only does it clarify, but it declassifies. Declassifies. What does it mean to be declassified? When something is declassified, it was top secret. Mm. It was top secret. But then someone made the decision that what was ever inside of that file, what was ever inside of that thing, need to be released and accessed and made available to others. Whenever you begin to pray in the Spirit and you understand the power of it, it's God will declassify things. Things that you did not know, He will release it to you. Answers that you had no, you, that you did not know how it was going to work out. God will release those things to you. Things that you thought you would never find out about Him. In those moments, whenever you are praying in the Spirit, He will release those things to you. Wow, isn't that powerful? 
Isn't that an answer that so many people are looking for today? But we say, no, no, no. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. God is ready for someone to get into his presence. God is ready for someone to dwell in his presence. God is ready for someone to seek his face. And God is ready for someone to get in that secret place and just pray and move. Because whenever you get in that place, he will reveal things to you that you never thought you would know. There are some people, pastors, preachers, teachers in this life, maybe co-workers, that there are so many people that are really jealous of them because of their, where they're at spiritually. But guess what? More than likely, you don't know where they've been. You don't know the stuff they've been through. You don't know the times that they get up early in the morning and seek his face. That type of wisdom and knowledge and revelation, it doesn't come just whenever you're on Facebook. It doesn't come whenever you're watching TV, but it comes to people who are after him with everything that they have. And they just want more. Would you stand with me today? Next week, I'm talking about being full of the Spirit and what that means. But we cannot just skip around Scripture because we're afraid somebody's going to be rubbed the wrong way or someone doesn't understand because God is saying in this moment, the church must be full of the Spirit. The church must be full of power. The church must know who the comforter is. The church must be about the harvest. And if you want God to release things to you, you've got to have your spirit, his spirit inside of you. God is ready. I know famous pastors that I have heard in meetings. You will never hear them talk about the spirit. You will never hear them say they pray in tongues because they are worried what people will think. One of America's greatest or most well-known internet sensation pastors, he is preaching right now, and guess what? He will not say it openly in the public to his church. He has said, I will not say it openly because he doesn't want to scare his congregation. But in little meetings, he has said, I pray in the Spirit. What is happening to the church? That we are walking around on eggshells, that we are afraid to say that we are people of the Spirit. God is ready to raise up a generation that are just more than seeking, but they are raising up a generation that is filled with his presence and people I guarantee you if I put this on the internet and said I, and I that I preached about speaking in tongues today I would have a lot of hits because people want to know how far did he go what does he really believe I can't believe he said that but wouldn't I be a horrible pastor to my flock if I knew such a great gift but I did not release it to my people If I knew the cure to cancer, 
wouldn't I release it? Wouldn't that be so sick of me to keep something so valuable, something that has brought me through seasons of my life? Wouldn't that be so crazy? Wouldn't I be such a horrible pastor if I knew a secret that I could release to a people that would change their life forever? So God, we're going to sing this song this morning. And we're going to close out with this today. And next week, we're going to come back talking about being full of the presence of God. You don't want to miss it. I'm already excited about it. But right now, God, stir something up inside of us. Those of us that have watched these private investigations on 2020 and we've seen these crazy things crazy stuff happens but God you are in this we will not allow a man's weak point we will not allow some famous person what they did or didn't do to interrupt us from receiving what you have for us oh God just as we keep going back to grace and mercy we'll keep coming back to your spirit oh God just as you make your mercy new every day so you can pour out your spirit upon us every day why because we need the power of his presence come on sing it out with her Break our walls down. Come on, sing it out with her today. Spirit, break out. Raise your voice, raise your voice. Heaven, come down. Heaven, come down. Spirit, break out. Break our Do not leave this place thinking, well, I've never done that, so I'm not, I'm not that elite. I'm not there yet. No, 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 no. You don't understand. We don't think that here. But we want more for you. 
We don't, we don't, we, we don't have these levels, oh, well, you're this spiritual, you're that spiritual. Because I was raised in a church, you know, those who did that, they were up here. No, 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 it's not like that here. I just want you to know that there is so much more for you. I don't look down on you because you're not there yet or you've never did that, but I want you to know it's available for you. And God's got so much more for you than you ever could imagine, than you could ever think. God's got something for you. And whenever you get it, He will begin to release secrets that you never thought were possible. He will release revelations to your mind that you never thought was possible. I can tell you this, if it had not been for the Spirit on my side, I would not be standing here before you today. I would have quit this job a long time ago. But in my weakest moments, in my prayer closets, God just began to speak His will in my life. God just began to say, you're not quitting. No, there's more. You've got more strength than that. You've got more power than that. I have raised you up for this moment I couldn't see it with my own eyes but he was revealing it to me through my spirit and I thank God that that gift is available to everyone everyone come on let's sing it out loud just one more time Thank you all so much again for being here this morning.